It's Easter. It's Resurrection Day. Jesus is alive. Amen, amen, amen. Now that, that's pretty exciting stuff to me. I get pretty excited about it. Um, so today, we want to delve into why it's important, why Easter is important. What does it mean that Jesus is alive? Because that's one of these things that feels like we just kind of say, we kind of think, we kind of go, oh, yeah, okay. But we really don't plug into it. We really don't get this understanding of all that that may mean for us. And so we've been in a series called Jesus Is, and we've really been looking at different theological ideas behind Jesus and what that uh, means for us. We've talked about uh, really who he is, what his mission here was, and why that's important. And so today we're going to delve into Jesus is alive. And Luke, we've got two different books we're going to be working out of today. Luke chapter 24 and then Ephesians 2. So if you want to put a finger there, you want to go ahead and get your phone to the appropriate uh, book of the Bible, uh, whatever, however you read the scripture, go there. It will also be on the screen behind me. But Luke chapter 24 is this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down on their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, and be raised again. Then they remembered his words. This is the resurrection. When I delve into Jesus, Easter's difficult for me. It's thinking about who Jesus is. There's a couple of things that define who Jesus is. A couple of things that when we think of him, it comes to mind that Jesus is an amazing teacher, that Jesus is a prophet, that Jesus is a sacrifice. But this whole Jesus is alive thing is a little hard to wrap your brain around. It's hard to wrap, I think, maybe our, just our emotions and what that really means because of this. I think we can find in today's, in, in other literature and other things, we can find people who are great teachers. We can find people who are a prophet in the Old Testament. We can find people who have sacrificed themselves for the good of others. But this whole, he came back to life thing, that's pretty unique. Actually, it's very unique. And so as I, just as a man, just as a person, study the scriptures, look at the story and, and read it and know it and even teach it, it makes me uncomfortable. And so in that uncomfortability, because I can't wrap my hands around it, I really just want to wrestle with that today. And maybe you found yourself like, I don't know how this works. I want to just explore that, dive into it, and say, this is all that that means. This is what that looks for, looks like. This is why it's so important that Jesus is alive, that we have to accept that he was a great teacher, accept he's a prophet, accept that he sacrificed for us, but also accept that Jesus is alive. The parables 
make him a great teacher. The miracles make him a great prophet. The death on the cross make him a great man. But the resurrection makes him God. And this is where we find ourselves today. Because Jesus is alive, we have victory. We have freedom. And we have opportunity. So today, as I try to wrap my brain around that and help you wrap your brain around that as well, how does Jesus being alive give us freedom, victory, and opportunity? Let's explore Ephesians 2 together. Actually, before that, I'm going to read Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we're still messy, while we're still missing the mark, while we're still icky, while we still got junk going on in our lives, Christ died for us. This is very important that it's not like, well, once you got everything together, once you're perfect, once you, you don't have depression anymore, anxiety anymore, gossip anymore, lie, steal, cheat anymore, once you get all that figured out, then I'll die for you. No, 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 no. While you're still stuck in your lying, you're stuck in the, in the addictions, you're stuck in all of your stuff, that's when I die for you. It's real easy to love a clean person. What happens? I got a six-year-old boy. It's a lot nicer. One of the, there's two, two Bowens, right? There is outside Bowen and there's inside Bowen. One of those is easier to hug, right? And it's the same way. It's, it's our love is we think because that's the way we think, oh, God can only love a, a clean person. No, no, no. He loves us when we're clean. He loves us when we're dirty. He loves us when we're half clean, half dirty. He loves us so much that he finds us in that stuff and says, you know what? I'm going to come for you. I'm going to save you. And that is amazing to me. His death pays the price for all of our junk. His resurrection brings us back to life. His death pays the price, but his resurrection brings us back to life. His death is necessary, but so is his resurrection. And I feel that we've made done a disservice. We put so much emphasis on the death of Christ that we don't put enough emphasis on the resurrection of Christ. Because this is really the big deal. That he pays for our sins in death, but he gives us new life in the resurrection. By defeating death, he says, you know what? You've had life, or what you called life. Now I can give you real life. So this is what we're going to talk about today. Because Jesus is alive, we have freedom. Because Jesus is alive, we have freedom. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. We're going to read some scripture here. It's kind of a lot of scripture. Um, Something you might want to revisit this week, Ephesians 2. Amazing stuff, really deep things, but we're going to try to uh, dive into it and pick it apart a little bit here uh, together today. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead, which means not alive, right? 
you were dead in your stuff, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. When you, you, when you did stuff according to your own purposes and your own will, you were actually in, you were serving Satan. That you were in his kingdom. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But I'm going to give you a little tip. Whenever you're reading the scripture and you see a therefore or you see a but, you better like just get your highlighter out. All right, something awesome is getting ready to happen. But, and usually it says, but God, and it's just fun. You just you say, but God, but God. You could talk to somebody who's a, you know, a follower of Christ, and they're complaining, they're whining, and you just be like, but God, right? You just, but God. Would you call me? No, but God. But because of his great love for us, God, who is enrich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. But God, who was great in love for us, who was rich in mercy, made alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. But God, because of his love for us, made us alive. We were dead. We were dead in our stuff. And, and Paul just says, you know what? You were, you were just living dead. In, in all the decisions you were making, it was just dead. And there's, I think there's two kind of dead people. There's people that are dead that know they're dead. Right? There's, I know that this is yucky. Right? I know, like, a sewer worker knows he works in the sewer. Like, that, that's, that's just common, right? Dead, some dead people know they're dead. Other people don't know they're dead. It's kind of like the Monty Python guy. Right, you know what I'm talking about? The Black Knight? Your bloody arm's off. No, it's not. It's just a scratch. It's a flesh wound. Right? And you didn't think you were going to hear Monty Python today in uh, Easter service, did you? So, you know, it's, it's just like, what is happening? Like, we don't even know that we're grievously wounded. We don't even know that life can't go on the way it is right now. We don't even know. Sometimes that happens. But Paul's like, wait, wait, wait. You're dead. You're messy. You're not living life. But God makes us alive. And in that life is freedom. Because Jesus is life, we have freedom. This opens us up to being able to live life the way it was always meant to be. So often we have this skewed vision of what being a Christian is. We think, oh, once I become a Christian, I got to stop this, stop that, can't do this, can't be with that person, can't talk to this person, can't do this. That's not what it is. Being a Christian means that we can actually now start living. We can actually now start being the person that we are always supposed to be. We have access to a more effervescent life, maybe a better life than we've ever even imagined. Because Jesus is alive, we have victory. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. 
Even when we are dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. There's this word in here, it says seated. He's seated with Christ. Now, Paul is writing, think about this. We have the, you know, the one percenter type thing going on and, and people do sit-ins and all that stuff right now. In the Roman world, it's like point zero 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 one percenters. There is two classes of people. There's not really a middle class. There is uber rich people and there's uber poor people. And then you have even uber, uber poor people, which would be the slaves. Okay, that's the, the dichotomy that's going on in the world at this time. This is why it was easy to recruit for the Roman Empire for the army, because that was like your only shot at being middle class. Okay, so that's what's going on here. So Paul writing into the Ephesians and writing the church at Ephesus saying, you're going to be seated with Christ at the party. This is important. You're seated with Christ at the party. Who sits down at the party? People that are invited. The people he's talking to are the servants at the party. They've never got to sit down at the party. They've only gotten the scraps at the party. They've only had to go wash people's feet. They've only had to deliver, you know, the food. They've only had to... They're not really invited to the party. They're the, the unseen, you know, people who, who kind of just pop in and out and, and make sure the important people get what they want. So Paul uses a little device there, and he says, you will be seated with Christ. You're invited to participate in everything that God has for you. Instead of just being the servant, the the Jeeves, you know, walking up and saying, yes, would you like another glass? No, 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 no. You're seated with Christ at the table. You see the difference in that? Well, we just read it and we miss it. But this little word seated had this huge word picture behind it. You get to come to the party. You're invited. Actually, the party's for kind of you. You're here. You're alive. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. I think this is also important that we're seated. Think about the word picture of being seated. When you're reclining and you're hanging out in your lazy boy or whatever it is, you're not fretting about things. Jesus isn't worried. He's already got the victory. He's not stressed out. I don't know how this whole world thing's going to work. Humanity's a little iffy. He's taking care of it. It's done. It is finished means it is finished. God has spoken. When we do that, we, we, we think about it. We, I don't know about you, but I get pretty anxious about this whole kingdom of God thing. I get anxious about what church attendance is going to be like. I get anxious about what Shorewood's going to look like, like the community. How are we going to affect change here? And I try to have control over it. Well, God's not going to win if Jared doesn't do all this part. God doesn't need Jared, right? He gets to use me, but I get so fret about I fret about it, get anxious about it. You guys get anxious about family members. You get anxious about, about things. We, we worry about it. What's Jesus doing? Sitting down, having a nice time, eating some lamb chops. I don't know what he's, what he's eating in heaven. Just, just hang out. Just, come on, sit with me. Sit with me. 
come here, sit down. You guys are going to get yelled at today. You're going to be buzzing around, and you're like, sit down. Sit down and enjoy the pies. Sit down and enjoy whatever festival, festivist thing you, you guys you eat at your house. Sit down. Right? Someone will be yelling at some mother today to sit down. I will be mother, yelling at my mother and my mother-in-law the same thing today. And Jesus says, you're here. Sit with us. Partake. Because Jesus is alive, we have victory. We get to sit down. Because Jesus is alive, we have victory, we have freedom, and we have opportunity. Defeating death is more than just taking our sins upon himself. When he sacrifices himself on Friday, on Good Friday, I want you to think about this. He sacrifices himself. He takes on the sin of the world. And Saturday, nothing's going on. And I got asked this week, why don't we have a church service on Saturday? Is God mad at us? God, what, what is going on? And uh, I was like, well, God's definitely not mad at us. He's too busy kicking, kicking Satan's butt on Saturday is what's happening. But think about this in the world. And I just thought about this this morning. What they were doing on Saturday is they were going to church. The people who killed Jesus on Friday went to synagogue on Saturday. It was the Sabbath. They went to church. So they were praising God and singing their own hymns and singing psalms to the God that they had just crucified. Yet God, in his infinite grace and mercy, loved us enough to die for us while we were yet sinners. You see that what's, this is how loving God is, how crazy God is. This is like if you, <laughs> you go up to someone and you smack them and you're still like giving hugs, right? We've all done this with little kids, right? If you've had a son, they're all a problem height. You've all had a daughter who doesn't understand that when she goes like this, when she's dancing, she hits you in the nose every single stinking time. But you still love her and you still hold her and you still, you still care for her. This is what's going on. It's like the biggest insult you could possibly have. You killed me. (laughs) And now you're saying, oh, we love you so much. No, you don't. You just killed me. If you would read the scriptures that you did, you would just understand what you did yesterday. And then the next day, he's defeating death, and he comes back to life. Because Jesus is alive, we have victory. Because Jesus is alive, we have opportunity. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, and God prepared in advance for us to do. This is one of my favorite verses in the scripture, I love it. I'm getting ready to have a new nephew. Actually, I already have the nephew, but he's going to come next Thursday. His name is Adler. And he'll be here next Thursday or sooner. He's been trying to come out a little bit earlier, but we'll we'll see about that. 
And as I think about this scripture, I think about his little ears, and I think about his little fingers, and I think about his little nose, and I think about his little heartbeat, and I think about what his lungs are going to do when he takes that first gasp of air. And I think about his toes, and I think about how he already has fingernails. I don't know why, but he already does. And I think about all these things about how God has beautifully and wonderfully already created him. And he already knows him. He's already thought about him. He's already prepared for him. And whatever that looks like, he, he knows if, about Adler. And he knows about us. Every hair, every eyelash, he knows. We're not a surprise. He's like, oh, I did not plan for Brian. Oh, man. We've already, he's already thought of us. When? In advance. He's already thought about it. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, which means Jesus being alive gives us an opportunity. It means he's already said, you know what? Paul's going to be this guy. And I'm going to give him these gifts. And I'm going to give him this skill set. And I just want to see what he's going to do with it. Right? As Judy is this. And I can, I can do this and this and this. And let's see. Let's go. Because Jesus is alive, we have the opportunity. We have the life. Because we have the, the opportunity to go and be a part of something greater than we can ever imagine. This is what Jesus does. This is what the resurrection offers. The resurrection offers two things. Friday offers the forgiveness of past sins. Sunday says, now go do something with it. You get to be alive. And this is a two-part thing. I almost feel like the, um, the sham wow seller when I talk about this is that when you... When we, we take on the forgiveness of sins, we say, God, forgive me. I want to be your child. I want to be your man. I, want, I need to be made clean. I don't want to be dead anymore. I want to be alive. When we do that, we are redeemed now, and we have victory, freedom, and opportunity now in this place, at this time, at this moment. That's what happens now. But wait, there's more. And we could have stopped there. And we could have been done there, right? We could have been done. Oh, you mean this life can be better? It doesn't have to be, you know, a toilet bowl? It doesn't have to be this? I don't have to be dead in my transgressions? I don't have to be dead? I, don't, I know I'm dead. I know I stink. I don't know how to get out of it. You mean I don't have to do that? No, you don't have to do that anymore. But wait, there's more. And it's even the best part. You get to party with me in heaven, not tomorrow, not for next week, forever forever. This is what Jesus being alive means. It's not just one little thing. It's, oh, yeah, it's Easter. Let's go have dinner. It is that we have victory. We have freedom and we have opportunity to be his man or woman. We get to use how he, he knew us. He thought about us. He's like, ah. Oh, this person's going to be crazy, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do. You know when he thought of me, he's like, uh-oh. Right? And some of you have kids like, yeah, God, I don't know what he was thinking when he created that boy, but uh, it's going to be exciting. 
We have opportunity to live for him. He already thought about it. He knows every hair. He knows every cell. He knows you. Because Jesus is alive, we have victory, freedom, and opportunity. But God created in advance for you. But God created in advance for you. This is beautiful to me. We've talked about in this series, the whole point, the mission statement, the, 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 the idea of Jesus is very, very simple. It's that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That Jesus came to fix broken and messy people. That's it. That's why he came. That's why the whole point of this whole thing. He came to fix it. He came to find people who were so hurting, so broken, so far away to say, come on, come on back. I want you to sit at my table. I want to throw a party for you. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. This is what Jesus offers you is to say, come on, participate in this. Come on, be a part of this. I want you to not have to be dead anymore. I want you to have freedom. Freedom from all the chains that have been holding your heart back. I want you to have victory that you know you can walk in, in who God has created you to be. And I want you to take part in opportunity. And so today as we close, I just want to pray everyone in here to pray that we would really realize what Easter is about, that Jesus is alive. For some of us, that means a very humbling experience of saying, God, I want you to be Lord of my life, and I want to participate in what it looks like to be alive. I know that I'm dead, and I want to be alive. For some of you, you just need to be reminded of that. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you that you are alive, that you defeated death. That you weren't done in just paying the price for us, that you wanted to give us real life. God, some of us are, we are hurting so much right now. We're in so much pain. We're so confused. We're so lost. God, as we search for meaning, as we search for purpose, will you give us life? God, I need victory. I need freedom. I need opportunity. And Lord, will you find me right where I'm at as a messy and broken person is all the stuff in my life. Will you bring me back to life? Will you breathe your spirit into my lungs so that I can have real life here but eternal life with you seated, seated next to you at the party. Lord, we love you and we praise your name.
Amen.